Hello and welcome to the Trady Connection podcast. My name is Sean and I'm your host for this episode. Today I'm joined by Teresa McMore who works on the Water Efficiency Labeling and Standards Program or WELLS for short. She talks about how WELLS works and how plumbers can be more water efficient in their installs. The episode runs just under 20 minutes and I hope you enjoy. Well, Teresa, welcome on to the Trady Connection podcast. How are you? Good, thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Um, just firstly, do you mind just explaining what you do and, and what your role entails? Sure. So um, I work for the Australian Government and I um, manage the Water Efficiency Labelling and Standards Scheme, which we call WELLS for short. Um, but I think most people actually know about our scheme because of um, the Water Efficiency label, the water star rating label that's on dishwashers and washing machines, but it's also on um, toilets and taps and showers and urinals mm-hmm. and flow controllers. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, and do you mind just telling me more about the well scheme and, and what it does and, and how it works? Yeah. Yeah, the, the well scheme sort of came about, um, it, it became a mandatory scheme in 2005, and that was really in response to, um, you know, people talk about the millennium drought. Um so around that time when we had that really extended long drought, all the governments were really quite concerned about and looking for initiatives to um, deal with water scarcity and um, as well as the utilities and industry. And Wells was became a mandatory scheme in a way to help manage um, water demand, so reducing water demand. So, And the way essentially it works is through that label. So by providing um, consumers at the point of, um, as we say, point of supply, so when they're actually going out and buying those products, being able to look at a label and get the information about how efficient product is, be able to compare products, right? So, um, uh, yeah, so essentially through consumers making an informed choice, they can reduce the demand for water. But I guess um, the interesting thing about the scheme is it's not just the, that people can make that informed choice and because some consumers, as we know, aren't necessarily buying a product, always thinking about water efficiency, like we've all been out there <laughs> looking at products or buying a product, buying a washing machine, dishwasher, whatever. Um, you might be buying a product because it looks pretty or because of the price or because of the brand or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing about our scheme is because it's a, um, a regulated scheme that's backed by Australian standards and legislation, is that other regulation and schemes can hinge off it. So um, <laughs> particularly talking plumbers and builders. Mm-hmm. So um, in the, the latest version of the National Construction Code and the Plumbing Code of Australia, which actually references um, the minimum water efficiency for, what is it, showers, taps, toilets, urinals, mm-hmm. it now specifically mentions um, well star ratings. And so, so you've got... <laughs> While we've got this sort of star rating range um, that consumers can look at and compare in the National Construction Code or in the Plumbing Code, it actually sets minimum water efficiency. So even if it, going back to the consumer view, even if somebody goes, oh, I'm not, they're not thinking about water efficiency, mm. by having those minimum water efficiencies, they're captured nonetheless. Mm. So one way or another, consumers are getting more water efficient through these mm. types of products. Hmm. And at the at the very least, it's a it's at least a thought process. Um, it's at least there in their face. And whether you're looking at just the stars, or are we going a little bit deeper behind it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, being on the Trady Connection podcast, where we're focused on tradies here, and um, 
just what what would you say that plumbers and builders need to know about wells and, and you mentioned the ncc before but uh what would you say to builders and plumbers when he's learned about wells and learning learning more about it yeah so, there's a few things <laughs> so <laughs> i guess the first thing is um we recently made a training package uh, like an online learning module for plumbers mm-hmm. particularly for plumbers and builders about um to learn about wells and and even including what legal obligations that mm-hmm. you can hit. Uh, so that's on our, you can find the link to that. It's a free course. It's um, You can find it through our water rating. So www.waterrating.gov.au website. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, which is great for continuing professional development, so CPD. And in Tassie where there's mandatory CPD for plumbers, I think, uh, probably plumbers and builders, but I think in the plumbing CPD, it's been uh, recognised for one point of CPD. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, please get on there and <laughs> do yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but essentially in that uh, that learning module, it covers off on that um, – I'll just have to go back a step, right? So mm-hmm. under our Wells legislation, we've sort of regulated two groups of people. The first lot are um, companies that want to – register product for the Australian market. So if you want to, all of those products, you know, we've got 23,000 products that are registered for the Australian market, touch toilet showers, all that. Um, so companies that want to sell them on our market have to register their product um, with my team. So um, with the permission of the manufacturers. Then the second group of people, those who want to um, actually do the selling, offer for supply, advertise, etc. So <laughs> where it touches on um, plumbers is if they get involved in the actual sale of the product or the offering for supply of the product. So if you end up finding yourself in a situation where um, you need an emergency product and you actually offer your client the product, then you know that it is, um, you know, what it's water efficiency or labelling. And likewise also for um, possibly more for builders, if you think about, like, if you buy an apartment or something like that off the plan, it's got an inclusions list. Anything that's got an inclusions list, it's going to hit a tap, shower, you know, you know, toilet, whatever, or a dishwasher, as they mm-hmm. often are in apartments. Then when those things are offered for supply to the um, customer or potential customers, it needs to say what the water efficiency is going to be of the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that they can make an informed choice and they could say, well, actually, you know, can I swap it out for a more efficient product? It may or may not happen, but that is what the legal obligations are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where they get caught up legally. Mm-hmm. But I guess um, the other couple of things <laughs> that are worth mentioning that um, partly in that training as well is, as I mentioned about that, that connection with uh, the National Construction Code now, or the plumbing code, um, so because it actually says when you install a product, which is not, I mean, that's outside of our legal boundaries because we stop at point of supply. Mm-hmm. But so the plumbing regulations now say, um, you know, you must install products that have a Wells rating of whatever, right? A minimum three-star Wells rating. Mm-hmm. So how do you check that those products have got that Wells rating? Um, so if you're involved, well, when you're involved in installation, ideally you'd be able to see what your product model is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can check on our, again, on our waterrating.gov.au website. We've got a database which we maintain, and that's where all the registered products are, 
So you can look products up there, check that they're registered, which means that they're obviously met Australian standards, so they're fit for our market. Um, and they've also had to meet Watermark as well before they get registered with us mm-hmm. to make sure that they are fit for purpose. Um, but then you can actually check that you're meeting the plumbing code obligations as well. So anyway, so yeah, there's a database there that you can check all those. You can either use the, the brand or the model name or whatever it is, the, the, the information that should be on the, the Wales information for the product as well. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I want to talk about is um, flow controls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we know that um, flow controllers are probably removed or requested to be removed quite often from taps and showers where they're not embedded or integrated um, because maybe clients are asking for it. And while, um, I mean, the first thing I have to say is it's actually illegal, <laughs> but of course nobody's standing there every time, you know, one of those things are installed, mm. right? Mm. So it's legal under plumbing regulations, not the Wells legislation, but, um, and also it's, so it's a breach of watermark as well. But Really, the message more is not about that it's illegal, but why it's a problem. So if you remove those flow controllers, most of those, like, say, shower heads, have been literally engineered with those flow controls in them, and particularly mm. the more water-efficient products where the client's probably saying, oh, you know, I want a waterfall effect, <laughs> but they've bought a water-efficient product. If you remove the flow controllers, um, like the design of the shower head is going to perform completely differently. So mm. they've been designed to be more, they have this comfort test drive, which is uh, to do with the spray force and coverage, which, um, <laughs> you know, gives you a better shower experience. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you remove the flow control, all of that internal design's out the window. I mean, and not only is it going to perform differently, but it voids the warranty for the product. So whoever's got that liability for the build, the product, you know, it's either going to fall to the customer um, or it's going to fall to the, the builder or whatever, and you've now got a product that's voided its warranty. Mm. Um, and, of course, you're wasting a lot of water. So, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, think about, you know, a shower head's probably going to be there 20 years, 10, 20 years, and um, sure, a client can make a choice and they can put the flow control, which I'm not supporting, but, um, you know, you're going to waste a lot of water. It's going to cost – we didn't – I need to talk about, you know, <laughs> the amount of water this skin mm. saves. But not only does it save water, but, you know, you're drawing less um, heated water, mm. which means you're wasting more energy, you're causing more emissions, um, and, you know, your bill's going to be higher. So, mm. and particularly if you multiply that over multiple products. Um, so, yeah, I'll just encourage people not to, well, you know, to push back on it or at least say to, the, you know, the client, you know, if I remove this, you're going to mm. waste a lot of water and you're going to avoid the warranty, mm. uh, you know, and you need to accept that, And but you're also forcing me to do something illegal. And if that's your boss making you do that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least if it's a customer, you can start, start a conversation and have evidence behind you that XYZ yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And, and all the links that you mentioned, uh, and we'll talk about them at the end of the pod as well, um, they're all going to be in the description of this episode. So if you're, if you're interested in the CBD, if you want to check out the database, that'll be in the podcast description. Um, and, and going to that database, um, if you're a plumber and your boss has found a product that, you know, sometimes it is this way that it's cheaper overseas and you need to bring a product in to, for an install, um, what, 
what's the process for um, the well certification when a product comes in from uh, outside the country or, or something like that? Yeah, so um, a lot of our products actually are imported already. It's more, you know, the, the issue comes in um, when people see products that are for other markets that just aren't, um, haven't met Australian standards and haven't been registered with us. Mm-hmm. So if they're an unregistered product, and that's why you need to check that they are registered, um, you know, odds are they're, you know, essentially made for a different market, which means they're probably not going to meet watermark requirements and those sort of things. We're talking plumbing products. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they really found this whole brand new range of products and, you know, this is like a massive build, not just a one-off thing, then it could be worth investing in uh, getting the whole mm. product. Uh, it'd have to get um, tested for mm-hmm. watermark. It'd have to get tested for the other Australian standards irrelevant to the product. Um, and then it would need to get, you know, registered with us, which is obviously there's a, there's a reasonable time frame in, in getting all that done. Um, so you really want to use, really want to want the product. But if um, you know, you're not in that business of, you know, supply chains and um, manufacturing plumbing, uh, you might want to just find an alternative that is already registered. And and again, you can search the database for um, mm-hmm. products that are of a particular efficiency. Um, you can search brands. We just can't tell you where you can buy them because that's outside of our mm. remit. Of course. Yeah, cool. And and as a government regulator, what sort of non-compliance do you see, and um, and what are the consequences for companies or individuals for with this? Yeah, right. yeah. We actually do find non-compliance all the time. We've got um, a compliance enforcement team. So um, one of the things that we focus on a lot is online sales. So particularly on the online platforms, and and so we actually work with a number of the platform providers to remove product that just don't meet um, Wells requirements mm-hmm. and aren't fit for our market, which is great because it just means it's easier for people who are going hunting for products to just not even see things that shouldn't be on there. Mm. Um, and then we do find uh, other people who are offering products for supply um, for sale that aren't registered or aren't labelled properly. So mm-hmm. we're so essentially our process is that we will um, contact them you know, make sure they know what their obligations are, not well, and and that they um, know what they're doing. What they know what they're doing wrong and what they need to correct. Mm. Um, and then, but if they, you know, for whatever reason, choose not to comply and, and persist in not complying, we, you know, we have all these um, escalated actions we can do. Like, so we can issue infringement notices, which we have been doing a number of recently, um, right through to taking them to court. And uh, recently recently we had a successful um, court prosecution where one guy and his four companies were fined to nearly $2.2 million. Mm. And that was for, <laughs> yeah, it's quite a lot. Um, <laughs> for basically offering and selling products that were either unregistered or not labelled correctly and continuing to do so for a long time. Mm-hmm. Every day that a product is offered for sale when it shouldn't be, you know, when it doesn't meet the conditions is another offence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it can be pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Um, well, you've touched on all my points there. Were there any further points you wanted to make? 
Yeah, I, I should probably talk about how much the scheme is actually saving. Um, yeah. It actually has been a really successful scheme. So um, this year we had some modelling done about how much water it's saving, for example, and, um, uh, yeah, this year alone it's um, expected to be 165 gigalitres of water, which Sweet. I think, oh, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's probably, I think it's supposed to be something like half the Sydney Harbour <laughs> or, right. you know, 66,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools. So anyway, a lot of water. But if you think mm. about, yeah, where all those um, fittings are across Australia, and it's not just in um, urban settings. I think even people on rainwater tanks, there's so much opportunity to save water. And then associated with that is a lot of energy um, savings, uh, utility bill savings. I think it's this year it's... Um, it's supposed to be about $1.65 billion of savings on utility bills. Probably with utility bills at the moment, it could be even more than that because that was modelled a few years ago. Mm. Uh, and right down to the household level, obviously, that's really helpful, particularly at this point in time when, when you know, everybody's uh, more about cost of living, um, mm-hmm. suffering with cost of living. And so they don't even realise that but they're actually saving on their, on their bills through mm-hmm. by having more water-efficient products in their home. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Helps with sustainability and sustainable building and, you know, buildings and yeah. environmental footprints and hmm. <laughs> footprints. Kicking goals. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess the other thing, of course, to remember is there's always another drought coming. So hmm. while people might not be focused on water particularly right at the moment, we know that there's, you know, another one's around the corner if you look what's happening in Europe and won't be long before we're probably back to, you know, putting a bucket in under the shower. <laughs> mm, in the garden. Yeah, it's good to be able to um, be on the front foot with these things. Mm, so, yes, yeah. plumbers can help save water. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, um, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on the Trady Connection podcast and thanks for your time. And um, as mentioned, all links and everything to do with Wells will be in the episode uh, description. And, yeah, have a good day. Thank you. Thanks again to Teresa for coming on the podcast and having a chat. Uh, again, you can find all things mentioned in this podcast in the episode description. And remember to subscribe to the Trady Connection podcast wherever you get your pods to be notified of new episodes and make it a great day.